Bible tonight in Mark chapter 16, if you would, Mark chapter 16, if you have your Bibles, and uh, this is a, uh, as, as most of you know, uh, a, a repeat preaching of Sunday morning's message, so tonight we're going to celebrate the resurrection again, but that's okay, it's something we ought to celebrate every day, and I'm grateful to have you with us tonight. Uh, we just uh, continue to pray during these times and continue to uh, uh, just uh, ask the Lord to work uh, in our midst, uh, I certainly miss each and every one of you, and I hope that uh, this finds you well this evening. Uh, one of the things that the, the last six weeks have taught us is how fast that our life can change. Uh, we're living life. Uh, all is going as we planned it. All is going as we expected it to. And then everything changes. Uh, suddenly we have a threat uh, really to the well-being of our nation. And uh, we, this, this uh, last week, also have lost one of our dear friends in our church. You pray for the Cruz family and, and that the Lord will continue to be with them. Uh, we just hope that uh, God does a work in their family's heart this week. Uh, but it drives home the fact that in one moment, uh, in one day, everything can change. Uh, it can be so in our lives that uh, we unexpectedly, life throws us a curveball and everything can change in just a moment. This happened in the life of 12 men. They walked with Jesus. He was their teacher. He was their friend. He was their Messiah. And for three years, they walked with him every day. Now, to the shock of 11 of them, uh, one of them has betrayed this man. Just last Sunday, uh, they were part of a great celebration. Uh, many people were cheering, and they were rejoicing, and they were shouting, and they were uh, praising Jesus. They were waving palm branches, and there was a great, almost like a, a parade of celebration. But then in the space of one week, everything has changed. The shouting did not cease. The shouting just changed. It changed from uh, shouts of Hosanna to shouts of crucify him. Now it is Saturday, and Jesus is gone. All their dreams uh, are crushed. It is especially difficult uh, for one of these men. We could call him kind of the unofficial leader of these men, Peter. Peter not only forsook Jesus like all of them did, Peter denied him three times uh, like Jesus had said he would. But I want to focus in uh, for a moment on Saturday. Uh, in their minds, they can still see the body of Jesus being placed in a tomb by Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus. They cannot erase the images of how of what when they saw him hang on a cross suffering and dying they cannot overcome the regret that they all fled during Jesus greatest hour of need now it is saturday and the hopes and dreams of the disciples are crushed they are facing an uncertain future they have no idea what is ahead for any of them and that brings us to mark chapter 16 Verse 1, the Bible says, And when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and Salome brought sweet spices that they might come and anoint him. And very early in the morning, the first day of the week, they came unto the sepulcher at the rising of the sun, and they said among themselves, Who shall roll us away the stone from the door of the sepulcher? And when they looked, they saw that the stone was rolled away, for it was very great. And entering into the sepulcher, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, clothed in a long white garment, and they were affrighted. And he saith unto them, Be not affrighted. Ye seek Jesus uh, of Nazareth, which was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. Behold the place where they have laid him. 
But go your way, tell his disciples and Peter that he goeth before you into Galilee, and there shall ye see him as he said unto you. Father, I pray that you would bless the reading of your word and our short time together tonight. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Tonight, my message has only two points. Uh, we're going to talk about Saturday, and then we'll talk about Sunday. I cannot imagine this, uh, this Sabbath day, this Saturday that they had endured. It must have been a long day, a dreary day. Life must have lost much of its meaning. In verse 1, three women are mentioned here, and uh, they are coming off of a long and sad weekend. As the law had commanded, they had rested in their homes. They had uh, not been able to go anywhere. They had to, they had to not do any work and, and, as the Sabbath laws commanded them. They had just witnessed the death of Jesus. They had watched as his body was placed in a tomb and a stone was rolled across the opening. As that day ended and the Sabbath began, these women went to their homes to wait. And I want to initially focus on this day, Saturday. Now understand, we do not celebrate Saturday. We celebrate Sunday uh, when Christ arose. And we'll get to that in a moment. But first, let's look at Saturday. The reason I talk about this day is because many people, especially in dire times of their life, live in Saturday. This day was one where they were in the midst of terrible circumstances. This day was one that they were experiencing something they had never experienced before. This day really represented a, a time that they did not know uh, how things would turn out. This day was one that evoked panic. Uh, that was a day that was easy to be ruled by fear. Does any of that sound familiar to us today? Now, in no way am I trying to dramatize our time as equal to theirs, but you may agree with me tonight that we live in a time that probably can be characterized more like a Saturday than Sunday, and we get tempted to live there. At Sabbath end, the Bible says here, that ended, by the way, at Saturday at 6 p.m., they went to town to buy sweet spices to anoint the body of Jesus. Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus would have already uh, wrapped his body in linen and poured uh, embalming spices on his body. The perfume that the women would bring tonight, this morning would be used for the purpose of hiding the smell of decomposition. And so they go out on Saturday night and they make their purchases. Their intention is to go to the tomb early the next morning and honor Jesus with one final act of love. Maybe, just maybe, this would give them some closure. Verse number two, the Bible records for us that they arose very early in the morning. In a society where many people, or most people, would arise before dawn, it seems these women even got up earlier. And who can be surprised at that? After all, they couldn't sleep. They were grieving. They were sad. So they gathered their spices together. They made their way from Bethany where they lived to the tomb that was found outside Jerusalem. It was a trip of about two miles. It would be long miles and sad miles as they traveled together. They're brokenhearted over his death. They're in a hurry to get to him. They want to minister to him just one last time. Now there was one possible problem and it was a topic of discussion on their way to the tomb. Uh, they, they didn't maybe even think about it till this morning as they were walking there, but how would they access the body of Jesus? There was, after all, in front of the tomb, a giant stone. Many historians have, have, uh, have, have guessed that it weighed about a thousand pounds. There's no way that these women would be able to move it. How will they get in? And they're worried about that. 
What they did not know was that Jewish authorities had convinced Pilate that the disciples might steal the body and so that he they asked if he would post Roman guards there and uh, at the tomb to guard it. And this is what Pilate did in Matthew 27, verse 62. Had these ladies known about that, they really uh, would have been worried. But as they make their way to the tomb that morning, they're filled with sorrow, they're filled with grief and fear. This is an anxious group. They're filled with apprehension. They're not looking for a living Lord, they're looking for a cold corpse. You know what the problem was? Is the problem of so many people today, they were living in Saturday. On Saturday, all they could see was their shattered hopes and dreams. These ladies, along with the disciples, had placed all their hopes in Jesus Christ. They had believed correctly that he was the Messiah. And then all this crumbled in their life as they watched him die. Faith had turned to hopelessness as they watched his broken body placed in that tomb. As the stone rolled into place, it seemed so final. It screamed out, there is no hope. Incidentally, if the story ended with Jesus being buried in that tomb, there would be no hope even for us today. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, 19, if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are all of all men most miserable. The resurrection had to happen and thank God that it did. But I wonder, even as I speak tonight, how many people are living in Saturday? People move through this world enslaved by their sins. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1, And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. So many live their life oblivious to the God who desires to save them. Romans talks about this in Romans 1, 21, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations and their foolish heart was darkened. They live life without joy, without peace, without hope. The problem with the majority of people in the world today probably is the fact that they are stuck in Saturday. They live in their sin, unaware of what could be theirs if only they knew the tomb was empty. If they only knew that Jesus is alive and that they can be delivered from their Saturday. Well, this brings us to Sunday. When these women got to the tomb, their fear is changed to astonishment. The book of Mark here says, when they looked, as they walked, they probably had their heads bowed and, and their eyes downcast. Remember, they were sorrowful. They were full of grief. But the Bible says when they got there, they looked. They saw that the stone was rolled away. The tomb was wide open. They did not know that before they had gotten there, there was a great earthquake, the Bible says in Matthew. Uh, they did not know that an angel had come and rolled away the stone. They did not know that on this stone he had perched and he had scared the guards so badly, understandably, that Matthew 28, 4 says they became as dead men. All they could see was an open tomb, and now they fear the worst. Maybe the Romans had moved the body. They tentatively step into the tomb. When they do so, the Bible records for us that they encounter an angel. The angel speaks to them. In verse 6, he says unto them, Be not affrighted. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, which was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. Behold the place where they laid him. He gives them this glorious news. In Luke chapter 24, verse 5, parallel passage, he asked them the question, why seek ye the living among the dead? The news he has for them is specifically designed to get them to stop living in Saturday. It is news that would encourage them to live in Sunday in their lives. Look at the message. He says, be not 
affrighted. Truly, they were afraid. In fact, they had been afraid and living in fear for days. They had been living in Saturday. He tells them there is no need to fear. They are, things are not as they appear on the surface. And can I give you some wonderful news this evening? They never are. We do not know what God is doing even through the times that we're living in. You don't know what God's doing in your life uh, when things are difficult or when you're enduring trials in your life. Uh, I, I do know this, though. We're not to live in Saturday. We're not to live as if God is baffled by our times. We're not to live as if Satan is in control, as if the Lord is unseated from his throne. I have good news from the Bible. God is still in control. Sin and death have been defeated. God will work all for his good. So get out of your Saturday and into Sunday. Amen. The angel assures them. He knows why they are there. He knows that they've come looking for the body of Jesus. He admitted that Jesus was crucified. He did not admit that Jesus was dead. They saw Jesus die, but thank God he did not stay dead. He, Jesus did cry, it is finished, but it was not finished for him. Salvation was finished, but the Lord Jesus Christ was not. He died, but he did not stay dead. The angel gives them the glorious news, he is risen. The power of death has been conquered by the power of life. He transforms the tomb from a place of despair to a place of hope. Jesus is alive. He's still alive today, just as the angel said. Oh, but this is a message that these women so desperately needed to hear on this Sunday morning. It is a message that we all still need to hear every day of our lives. It allowed them to step out of the defeat of their Saturday into the victory of his Sunday. It can do the same for you, my friend. Oh, listen, I know these are days of uncertainty. There is a fear of the future that has overtaken our country. Every day, if you turn on the news, you hear all kinds of voices of doom in your ears. Uh, but this does not mean we have to live in Saturday. Step into Sunday, a day that God controls, and he does control all the storms that come into our life. The empty tomb is still uh, today a message of hope. It says loud and clear, you do not have to stay entrapped by your sin. There is a Savior that not only died for you, but he rose again. He did say so by taking your sins on himself that you might be saved. 1 Peter 3.18 For Christ also hath once suffered for our sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. You have both the death of Christ in there and the resurrection of Christ in the same verse. Jesus lives today. He can deliver you out of the Sunday of your sins and transport you into the, in, uh, out of the Saturday of your sins and transport you into the Sunday of new life. The angel tells them to give the good news to the disciples. The truth is that they were living in Saturday too. John chapter 20 verse 19 tells us that they, for fear of what might happen to them, they were hidden uh, away. They, they, they went to the upper room and they just kind of hid out from the authorities, not knowing what would happen to them. Uh, it was a time of uncertainty. Uh, you could almost say that they quarantined themselves. They didn't see anybody. They were just by themselves. They were in misery. They didn't know what the future would bring. You know what they needed to know? Jesus is alive. They needed to hear this message as well. They needed to step out of their Saturday into a Sunday. This is a, there's another gem here in the, in the passage that I love. 
uh, you see there was, I mentioned earlier, one disciple that would be particularly uh, defeated. Uh, Peter, he not only ran away during Jesus' greatest need, uh, he denied Jesus three times. Three times. One time he cursed and, and uh, he, he, he cursed Jesus and used curse words to show them that he was not one of the disciples. The Bible says after he did that, he heard the rooster crow as Jesus said he would. And then he went out, the Bible says, and wept bitterly. I believe probably he has been weeping since that time. Off and on, no doubt he would be so full of conviction and so full of guilt. And for those days since the crucifixion, the shame of his reproach would be heavy on him. But there are two words here in verse number seven that, are, that just say a great deal. He says, the angel says, go your way, tell his disciples and Peter. Hey, listen, he says, we have a message for the disciples. All of the disciples are living in Saturday. All of them are discouraged. All of them are defeated. But you tell that one, the one that failed me the greatest, tell Peter, make sure he gets the message. Oh, listen, today I'm sure there are some uh, people even maybe under the sound of my voice. They are living in Saturday because of the rubble of their failure. Uh, you can get out of that. You can get beyond your failure. God is a forgiving God. He is a God of second chances. He certainly was for Peter. Don't let your failures keep you down. Failure, we must remember, is an event. Failure is not a person. And we need to remember that. We serve a God who forgives and restores. Here are three women. They came to that tomb. They were worried about rolling away the stone. How would they move the stone? Well, when they get there, they found out they didn't have to move the stone. It had already been moved for them uh, because uh, that God had taken care of that problem, that worry that they were concerned about. And I wonder how many things in your life, friend, that you have, that, that worry has taken a, a grip on you about a certain thing that really never even comes to pass. How many times do you worry about things that never come to fruition? Well, there's a better thing for us to recognize that God is in control. Oh, the glory of this Sunday. On Saturday, everything looked depressing and disheartening. But on Sunday, everything changed forever. On Sunday, the stone was rolled away. We no longer have to live in defeat. My question tonight for you, dear friend, is are you living in Saturday? Oh, I know the times are difficult. And nobody likes to live the way that we've been instructed to live in the past few weeks. I know I certainly don't. I, I want to see you. I want I uh, to get out and to fellowship again. I want this building to be full again. I want to enjoy the time that we have together in church. I want to have church again like we're supposed to have church. But we don't have to live in defeat. We do not have to live as if God is not in control. We understand that the Lord will get us through this and he will be glorified in some way. Are you listening to me tonight and you've never been saved? You do not need to remain dead in your trespasses and sins. If you die without Christ, you will die lost and the only thing awaiting you is an eternal hell. But I'm thrilled tonight to be able to tell you, you do not have to stay in that condition. The Lord is able to roll the stone away from your heart as well. He will lead you out of darkness into his light. He will lead you out of your death into his life. What better time to give our heart to Christ?
than this season of Easter that we have just celebrated. Romans chapter 6, verse 23. Do you know in that verse you see both Saturday and Sunday? The Bible says, for the wages of sin is death. The, uh, sin, because of our sin, we earn death. Not only our physical death, but eternal death because of the sin that's in our life. There's nothing we can do about it. We can't do enough good things to out outbalance our bad things. We can't do enough good deeds to earn our way to heaven. That's our Saturday. That's our condition. That's where we find ourselves. But the rest of that verse says, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. There you have your Sunday. There's that great gift that God gives to us. You can move from a death that you earn to an eternal life in heaven that he wants to give to us as a gift. Oh, what a great truth. Romans chapter 10, verse 13. For whosoever shall call upon the Lord shall be saved. Dear Christian, what about you tonight? You do not have to live as if you have no hope. God is in control. He will remain in control uh, when you are not. We are not, obviously. If I was in control, this would all be over immediately, wouldn't it? But God is in control. Uh, don't you want to be free from your discouraging Saturday and experience the peace of his Sunday. He can do that for you even tonight. We have got to stop living under the circumstances. I have to tell myself that every day uh, during this time because it's so easy for me to be discouraged in these circumstances. I, 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 I'm, I'm just like you, maybe even more so because my whole life is about ministering to others and now I can't do that and I have to reach out to many of you even uh, from afar and I don't like that. I wish I could see you on a regular basis and, and worship together as a church family. But we cannot allow that to discourage us. We cannot allow our circumstances to get us into a Saturday attitude of our life. We must uh, live in Sunday and God can do that for us. Step out of Saturday. Step into Sunday. Uh, let the Lord uh, be reign supreme in your life, not your circumstances. And that'll be a help to us. These ladies here and the disciples lived in a, especially in several days here, lived in a terrible, terrible time. It was a time of incredible, incredible sadness and incredible defeat. And one of the things that probably was hardest for them to deal with was uncertainty. They just didn't know what was next. They didn't know what was coming. They didn't know what to do now. I mean, they had, uh, had committed their life with Jesus. Now he was gone and they had no idea what to do next. And I know that's the thing that reigns in our hearts today is uncertainty. We hear two weeks. We hear one week. We hear one month. We hear all kinds of different things and we just don't know what tomorrow will bring. But can I encourage you that God has been there and he knows we just need to trust him. Step out of Saturday and into Sunday. Father, we thank you for this evening. And I so miss our people. I so miss everybody that can't be here this evening. But Lord, you know, you know the day that we live in. You know the times that uh, we feel a prisoner to. And we know that you are in control of all of it. Help us, Lord, live uh, completely submitted to you. May this be a time where we grow closer to you, even when we cannot see one another. Lord, help this not to be a wasted time in our life but a valuable time of renewal in our Christian life so that when we are able, again, uh, to gather together, to fellowship, worship together, Lord, that we would be all the more eager again to continue in your work. We thank you most of all that we can celebrate Sunday. 
We thank you, Lord, for the resurrection, the gift of salvation. We thank you that we, not, we do not have to live in defeat. May we remember that every day of our lives. We pray in Jesus' name.